coming up on Unpolished MBA. A lot of what I help people with is, I guess, structure and really just thinking about the actual marketing behind it. Because uh, most people, to be honest, of course, they have something they're passionate about and great at doing, but they don't really know the marketing side of it. I have so many people saying, you know, I love this, but I don't like to sell. And I'm like, well, if you don't like to sell stuff, that's going to be part of that's the problem. problem. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the whole point of having a business to sell stuff. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus, the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. This is Monique Mills. I want to welcome you back to the next episode of Unpolished MBA. And today I have with me Renee Purdy. Hi, Renee. Hi, Monique. How are you doing? I am doing well, and I'm glad to have you here with us today. I'm going to ask you the same two questions I ask everyone. And the first one is, are you an entrepreneur or a corporate employee? I am an entrepreneur. MBA or no MBA? Working on my second master's, so I guess technically no, but. <laughs> oh, see, you doing the most. Why? Why? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> two masters. Okay. So what is the first one in? What is the first one? My first was master of arts in management and with an occupational organizational leadership specialization. And this one is going to be a master of education in instructional technology. And I really want to get a PhD. So that's my end game. (laughs) Ah, I see. So, you know what, let's start. I want to start with the first one. And this is the thing. It's always so interesting how some people have multiple degrees in different things. I I think that we grow and our interests change and evolve and stuff over time. Is that what happened with you? Kind of. And it really just kind of was. I started university at 16, tons of scholarships. 3.5 years later, decided to stop with my computer engineering degree, got married, life happened. And I had told my grandma I was going to go back, right? So 32 years later, I managed to finish that officially. I did some other coursework, but I finished that one. Not in engineering, but I I actually finished in, it ended up being in math studies and and business. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, why don't I, while I have this momentum, I'm just going to go ahead and get my master's real quick. And then I was real like, quick, I took huh? a year, real quick, <laughs> then I took a year off. I don't feel like in the middle of a pandemic, I really have the bandwidth to work on my PhD. I just don't right now. Mm-hmm. Let me just do this other one to keep myself sharp. So that's kind of what happened. Wow. So are either of those degrees related to each other? Not really, because really the, the stream was going to be from management to, they didn't have a marketing degree where I wanted to go. And so they actually had management and I was like, all right, okay. And then I found out that was like dry and dusty. And so I was like, mm, I don't really want to go on that pathway to, to PhD. So let me look out. And I said, master of education, perfect. I love training and mentoring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a better fit for me. And then from there, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe an EDD in education. I'm not sure, but that's what happened to me. Okay. So just for transparency with the audience, I want you guys to know that I initially 
found Renee on, I think, Periscope years ago. Mm -hmm. If you guys are remember Periscope, but it was popping. It was like the live streaming, the the first of a lot of these live streaming platform experiences. And Renee, you you were quite gifted, and I'm sure still are, in marketing, communications, those kind of things. Are you still involved in that? Definitely. I do that as part of my business, as a, just as a matter of course. Book publishing is what I kind of mainly oh, do. Oh, book publishing. But, uh-huh, okay. But, but I advise people on marketing strategy and whatnot in conjunction with their books and their brand development. But mainly book publishing is what I'm doing right now. So with your book publishing, is there a, a certain type of book or author or anything in particular that you typically work with? You know what? It's been kind of fluid. When I say that, the first one I did was for a psychologist who did one on the suicide rates in Australia. And then from there, she referred me to someone who um, was talking about the ethics of massage. So it's been kind of referral network. Yeah. There's been some poetry. There's been a children's book. So I guess the books are as varied as my interests because I have a ton of different interests. A lot of them have been about Christianity and faith and people's stories. Mm-hmm. So really, the majority has been uh, fiction. There has been some nonfiction here and there, but it's really just been a network of people who needed help with their books. It hasn't been a specific genre or anything so far. Wow, that sounds like a very interesting role to be in right now. Is this something that you are excited to do every day? And is it something you can see yourself doing for a while? Or are you looking for a change when you finish school? I guess when I answer this question, it really almost depends on the date. It almost depends on the project. Like anything else, some days can feel like work and some days are like, wow, I get paid to do this. So for Mm -hmm. me, I think because I love so many different things, Mm -hmm. the variety is great. But right now I'm trying to build a team to help me out because sometimes you just don't have time to do all this stuff. And so my passion is really food, to be honest. And so... I purpose to do and and bring people's stories to life, but my passion is probably more shifting towards food. And I had a vegan cookbook, an electronic one, and I really want to do a print-based one of that. I want to do segments on food and creation and product creation around food. So you're speaking my language. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're speaking my language. You know, we did a little research on YouTube. We always typically look up people on YouTube and we see your vegan and plant-based recipes are really interesting. Is that something you want to, you plan to take forward and like- Definitely, ah. definitely. So what are some of the, like your, um, I guess you would say some of your favorite recipes? So what I love to do is take my favorite recipes and then make them vegan. And so for a lot, I live in the Southwest. So a lot of the the recipes I'll do are Mexican based, but I like kind of integrate stuff. So I'll make, for example- this isn't Mexican, but paella. The other day I mm-hmm. made a, a version of paella and my idea is like to mix chorizo with the Spanish version. So I'll take ingredients from my region and just integrate it. Like if I wanted to make a Thai dish, I wouldn't mind, like if I want to, I could mix chorizo with it. Mm-hmm. So just take different recipes and just twist them is what I love to do. So is this something that you might turn into another business entity? Because you have your, you know, design, communication, Mm -hmm. book publishing. But listen, like I said, our careers evolve, you know. Right, right. They do. So do you think this is something, you know, with your cooking and your interest in food? Is that something you think you might turn into a business? 
I really might because I mean it's it's in the works. I really would like to start with doing some different catering for events and that kind of thing. And then I also have an interest of creating a a food truck. But with everything else going on, I probably need to find someone who's going to do like manage the day to day. And then I could just kind of step in and help with like the, you know, recipes and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say yes, but probably a little down the track when I get myself more together. <laughs> right. Well, we, we definitely need to get out of the pandemic first. Right. Because it keeps yeah. <laughs> opening, closing, opening, closing things. So with your long history in design, branding, communications, I mean, pretty much if you wanted to spin up something, you know how to get that part going. Mm hmm. So with other people and you helping them, in what ways do you help them? And where do you see people struggle the most in that regard? So a lot of what I help people with is, I guess, structure and really just thinking about the actual marketing behind it. Because most people, to be honest, of course, they have something they're passionate about and great at doing, but they don't really know the marketing side of it. I have so many people saying, you know, I love this, but I don't like to sell. And I'm like, well, if you don't like to sell stuff, that's going to be part of the problem. problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, Uh (laughs) that's the whole point of having a business to sell stuff. So that's part of what people struggle with. But what I found out or what I kind of realized is that a lot of what people struggle with is not really believing in themselves enough. Mm -hmm. And there's such a fear factor sometimes with people. I mean, I listened to someone recently and they really had done everything. They had done all the groundwork and things like that. And every time someone gets off a call, they're like, you know what? I really just needed someone to help me believe in myself. And so when I was first working on things, I didn't realize how much counseling I was doing in business because people are just not, they don't have the belief in there. And A lot of times, I don't remember which person said it, it might have been you, I don't remember, but you know, your business is not going to grow any bigger than you. And you have to get that growth in there and you have to make sure that you're doing the groundwork to make sure that any kind of triggers and uh, doubts and all that stuff is ironed out as much as possible out of your personal being so you can grow that business. We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. If you need marketing campaigns and landing pages done quickly so that you can test the market with your ideas and see who's interested and then stay in touch with those people, you need a tool that can automate all of that. You're an innovator and you're certainly busy. Perhaps you don't have a CMO or chief marketing officer right now, or you have no plans to hire one anytime soon. And you may be doing this type of work yourself or have a new career professional or even intern helping you. You need Entreport. You can build a landing page or website in minutes. You can accept payments. You can automate marketing campaigns and the list goes on and on. I have personally been using Entreport to build, automate, and grow my business for going on seven years now. I don't recommend any tool that I haven't used and that I don't believe can help the unpolished MBA audience. Simply put, you can move and test your innovative ideas in the market faster with this tool. Don't get bogged down with too many complex tools. This is all you'll need. Go to tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport. And that's spelled O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T. And that's O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T. 
tpnfocus.com forward slash entreport. Go there to start your free trial and get started. I know one of the things, and it's even still now, is that um, they call you the dream pusher. You know, that's part of what the nickname was for you online. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's still relative, right? Yeah, I love that. That's actually, that wasn't even a client of mine that gave me that. I was like, you know what? I'm stealing that. Thank you. But it is true. I do have the ability, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just bossy. But if you tell me you're going to do something, (laughs) I will circle back. Even if you're not my client, I will circle back and be like, hey, you told me a year ago you wanted to do this. Did you do it? What's going on? So I've had a number of people tell me, if, if you really don't want to do it, don't mention it to her, right. you know, because you're going to- you don't yeah. want to be held accountable, don't mention yeah, it. Yeah, she's going to be on your back. So I feel like that's definitely something that, you know how you actually doing something before you know you're doing it? So the counseling part, the coaching part, all that stuff, I was doing for years before I even knew what it was even called. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. To actually put a, a name around it. Yeah. But the thing is too, I always say cooking is is definitely an art as well and a passion. I know that you have experience in like, you know, creating logos and helping people on the creative side of things, you know, in their marketing. Now, when it comes to that type of work, what types of things do you do? Do you media kits? You do websites? What does your business do in in the realm of your work outside of, you know, the book manuscripts and so on? So all the things you mentioned, I've designed everything from billboards to logos, email signatures. So pretty much anything in between, um, Mm -hmm. you know, full length manuscripts. I do the design for that. Design is something I just really love. It's just, it was actually self-taught. Never went to graphic design school. Briefly, I took a couple classes. Wow. I just loved it. And I was like, all right okay, <laughs> let's just figure it out. And so I love to do, I just recently did my own kind of speaker kit because I was like, okay, you've done these before. Do you have one for yourself? You've done them for other people. So mm-hmm. I'm just getting my stuff together now. But yes, I love to design anything and everything. I'm actually about to do some classes because I just really have had a, a bunch of people asking me how to design journals. I just published four of my own last year and a children's book. So a lot of people, you know, they struggle with the design part and uh, even using Word is something that you can use, you know, and that's accessible for everybody. I I used to design most of my stuff in Word. Most people don't have access to Creative Suite and there's a a stiff learning curve on it. So I just give them the the building blocks and if they want to design from there, they can. So do you typically use Adobe products in your marketing business? I actually do not. I used to. And I found that I didn't need to. For a lot of the things that I was doing, I could really produce them in Word, which I've used a word processing system since I was 13. I started with Volkswriter. Probably no one remembers that. (laughs) And so I'm able to be uh, a little more precise with it because it's it's just easier to get it to interact with KDP. Sometimes with with some of the, the exports you do with InDesign, you really have to fight with it to get it to do what you want. It's like, yeah, it shouldn't be this difficult. So explain to the audience. I know what KDP is, but explain to the audience, because I know this ties into the work that you do with people in their books. Yeah, it's basically Amazon's platform. It used to be Creative Space and uh, they renamed it, I guess, KDP. So for self-publishers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You predominantly work with people that are self-publishing books. Yes, predominantly. I do have a couple clients that I feel like they should just for the space they're in pitch to some of the traditional publishers. 
But the pathway is similar. As I tell people, you should really still, you know, get a professional editor, first get a manuscript assessment to help you with the strategy of book proposals and whatnot before you pitch, because you want to make it as tight as possible before you send it to them, you know, to get off the slush pile or to get an agent. It really needs to be pretty much almost there. Yeah. So authors, I mean, some people write books and you never really hear about it except when they first launch it and you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, and then you don't hear about it anymore. Like, what are some ways that people who are writing books should market them? So that is a great question. Love it. I have actually a client. We just produced an amazing book and she is so adept at marketing. So she has shared and is, is sharing a bunch of different techniques. But the first thing I would say is to make sure before or even as you're writing your book to get all of your social media together and really get a following because they're going to be the first kind of tier layer of marketing your books. The other thing I would say is be prepared to do speaking engagements, be prepared to be out there because you are your PR team. You can also, of course, hire a PR team, which is important. But even when you're deciding on your story, if you really want it to be marketable, you have to look at keywords. You have to look at all that strategy before you even really start to write. If you really want it to be a broad experience in terms of the marketing, because some things, you know, some things are more marketable than others. That's just like anything else. And so if it's a a passion story that you just want to write, that's great. But if it's your goal is to, you know, reach the masses, you have to kind of approach it a a little differently. And it's more like business oriented rather than passion oriented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, with the social media following, I see people use different things. And and so I want to know what your thoughts are as far as like creating a social following for yourself or the brand, you know, the book, or do you do it for both? Which one do you recommend? It really depends on the person. A lot of people are building, you know, their personal brands because they're like, they have so many kind of different things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas for other people, that's really their flagship. That's their heart. That's really the core. So for example, one of my authors, she's a, she's a singer as well. She's branched out and, and done a children's book. For her, I would say definitely market her entire brand. But what she also does is she has a separate one for her book. So she integrates both of them and she uses both of them depending on what she's going to to actually be applying for or whatever she's going to push at that particular time. And there's no problem with having two because sometimes, of course, the audience is different. Yeah. You know, with this pandemic, some people have launched books and I know in the past, you know, people would actually do like book signing. So what's an alternative for that these days? I know. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. Book signings. Yeah. The pandemic has really kind of made things interesting in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I am actually really waiting to do I'm going to have to do like a book signing for like eight books at the point when I decide to to do it because I just haven't done, you know, an in-person book signing yet. So I'm excited about it. But some people are doing virtual ones. And so depending on your industry, you know, some people are kind of getting book boxes together where people can pre-order a book box and then you have these different things in there. You'll have wine or you'll have, you know, chocolate or, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, from your different book box, people who have decided to advertise with you or co-promote with you. Then you can have a virtual book signing, which I think is a, a great way to do it and do it on Zoom and chill out and have a reading and Call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's true because people get a chance that they really just want to engage with you. So, yeah. yeah. Did you see, this is interesting um, if you haven't seen it. It's probably the most 
incredible, I guess, book delivery I've ever seen in my life. But Will Smith's, mm. his delivery of his book, Will, uh, if you've never seen it, there is a... I have not. It's a video of the unwrapping, right? Yeah, yeah. He sent one to Charlemagne the God. And if you look that up, Charlemagne the God and book Will... You would be blown away at how he had that book delivered and the special box that it was in. And it's, it's really interesting. So for the audience, if you have not seen that, if you have a book coming out, you cannot get to, especially your VIP customers, you can take a page out of Will Smith's book with that. Now, of course, I'm sure each of those packages cost thousands of dollars and he uses mm-hmm. a design firm, but it's incredible. Once you see it, you'll say, oh, okay, I certainly can't afford that. But it does get the mind kind of, you know, going in a creative direction on a on a different way to deliver an experience to people when you can't do it in person. I love that. I love that. And the client I mentioned, she did a book box and hers was because she had a she lives in Chicago and she actually has a, a client who's a wine person. And I guess the, I gather one another one of her clients is a person who makes well she does make a delicious caramel cake vice president Kamala Harris loves her cakes so she did an amazing box with some great collaborators she's excellent at that so yeah I definitely gonna look that up though (laughs) yeah and then the other thing that I've seen one of the associates in my network who released the book is they've been doing where you and I come from the live streaming space of Periscope but they've been doing Twitter spaces And yeah, so they'll, so they don't actually, they're physically, you know, not able to be seen through that platform in that way, Mm. but people will join the Twitter space because it's a topic or something related to the book that she's talking about. And they will show up to the Twitter space and literally be buying the book while this event is happening, asking questions and all of that. So I'm like, well, that's pretty neat because that's a free way to do it, but it's, so many ways, I guess you really have to get creative and comfortable during this pandemic. That's true. And Clubhouse is, is pretty popular too, in terms of just the, the audio experience. And I've, yes. I've been getting back into that because first of all, you don't have to comb your hair. It was great. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's always a plus. And sometimes you just don't feel like getting on video, to be honest. I'm an introvert. And a lot of times I don't feel like getting on video. I may look fabulous, but I do not want to be on video. So I don't want to share that energy in that way, right? Because you got to still, you you have to like stay within, you know, focus of the camera and not move. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people really get that. I'm a fellow introvert as well, but I know that Zoom overall and different types of video ways of communication, people are just burnt out from it. Yeah. Especially during the pandemic. So, yeah. Well, Renee, I want to thank you for joining us today. If people want to learn more about your services, especially your book help services, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way is probably to pop onto my website. That's msrisingstar.com. I'm pretty much Miss Rising Star, MS Rising Star, pretty much on all social media platforms. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's probably the best way. And then just info at msrisingstar.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing so much about your interesting background and things that you're working on. It's not too often that you'll meet people that have the creative side, the food side. And I could literally sit here and talk to you for an hour, but we have to to go. So I appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You are such a blessing and I look up to you. You're truly inspirational. I really appreciate this. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.